excited uh, to welcome you again to our time of worship for teenagers and young adults. And can I just say thanks for clicking in to be part of our internet worship uh, for young people. Our Bible talk series uh, is called The Crazy Life of Joseph. And this week we're going to be learning about the crazy life of Joseph and are you valuable? At this time of year, young people of all ages have traditionally sat exams, but this year, as you probably know, is much different. Some young people think that not having sat exams will affect their university or their career opportunities. They think that somehow they'll be less valuable because they haven't got their examination results. This week, we're thinking about how valuable we are. We're thinking about our self-worth as we learn together from the life of Joseph. But first, we're going to hear the words of the praise. Shine, Jesus, shine.
going to turn uh, and read from Genesis chapter 37, uh, verse 25, uh, to the end of the chapter, verse 36. Uh, this week, uh, stay with us as we think about how Joseph was affected by being sold by his brothers and then by human traffickers. Whether you feel valuable and priceless or empty and worthless, stay with us to see what we can learn together and how we can encourage and build each other up. So Genesis 37 verse 25. And they sat down to eat a meal. Then they lifted up their eyes and looked. And there was a company of Ishmaelites coming from Gilead with their camels bearing spices, balm and myrrh on their way to carry them down to Egypt. So Judah said to his brothers, what profit is there if we kill our brother and conceal his blood? Come and let us sell him to the Ishmaelites and let not our hand be upon him for he is our brother and our flesh. And his brothers listened. Then Midianite traders passed by. So their brothers pulled Joseph up and lifted him out of the pit and sold him to the Ishmaelites for 20 shekels of silver. And they took Joseph to Egypt. Then Reuben returned to the pit and indeed Joseph was not in the pit and he tore his clothes. And he returned to his brothers and said, The lad is no more. And I, where shall I go? So they took Joseph's tunic, killed the kid of the goats, and dipped the tunic in the blood. Then they sent the tunic of many colours, and they brought it to their father and said, We have found this. Do you know whether it is your son's tunic or not? And he recognised it and said, It is my son's tunic. A wild beast must have devoured him. Without doubt, Joseph is torn to pieces. Then Jacob tore his clothes, put on sackcloth on his waist, and mourned for his son many days. And all his sons and all his daughters arose to comfort him. But he refused to be comforted, and he said, For I shall go down into the grave to my son in mourning. Thus his father wept for him. Now the Midianites had sold him in Egypt to Potiphar, an officer of Pharaoh and captain of the guard. Amen. Last week we thought about Joseph and the deep dark pit and his mental well-being, which no doubt affected his feeling of self-worth and how valuable he was. Today Joseph is still in the pit. He's 17, he's around the age of some of you, or if he's not, you can still imagine what it'd be like to be his age. The brothers of Joseph, they weren't concerned uh, about him. They gathered around the campfire, they ate food, they could have ate s'mores, drank tea, while he lay in the deep pit. The brothers at least we can say have great eyesight because just as they spotted Joseph in the distance, they now spot a group of traders coming down the road on their sporty camels at two mile an hour. They were transporting a cargo of spices of balm and myrrh to the empire of Egypt. Judah wasn't too hot on the idea of killing Joseph, 
So he had the brainwave of selling Joseph to these traitors so that the brothers wouldn't be guilty of murder. The traitors, they arrived with the brothers. There was probably a cup of tea, there was a discussion. And the question must have come up at some point. Would you like to buy a good slave that would make you a profit? He's a young man. He's fit for his age. You could get a customer for him. And, and the traders somewhere along the way, they, they must have nodded an agreement that they would be happy enough to come to an arrangement. And so the brothers, they got up from their food and they went across to the pit and they pulled Joseph out. And the deal was done for 20 shekels of silver. That apparently was the going rate for a slave in those days. And no doubt the brothers were relieved. They didn't have to kill their brother after all. And he was going to be out of their sight in Egypt. And as well as that, they had 20 pieces of silver. With Joseph and his dreams now dispatched to Egypt, uh, the brothers agreed on a story. They came up with a, a story uh, to make their father believe that Joseph had been killed by wild animals. So the brothers, uh, they took uh, the coat of many colours uh, and they dipped it in blood. And their father Jacob, when he received it, he convinced himself that his favourite son Joseph had been killed by wild animals. We continue uh, through the verses and in the last verse, verse 36, we discover that the traders then sold Joseph in Egypt to a man called Potiphar. And Potiphar was an officer of Pharaoh's uh, and he was captain of the guard. And no doubt uh, they made a good profit along the way. Joseph had now become a slave working for Potiphar. Today, as we watch the news, as you scroll through your news feeds, we're familiar with stories of human trafficking. They come up in the media time after time. And here we see a story of human trafficking. We, we see that in actual fact, human trafficking is not something new. It's something that has been going on for thousands of years. In actual fact, you may well know this better than I do. It's estimated that across the world, there are between 20 and 40 million people in modern slavery today. No one really knows because there's no records kept. It's a black market. Human trafficking, it's estimated, earns somewhere in the region of $150 billion a year. So human trafficking, all that trade is big business. Uh, globally, it's estimated that 71% of people in slavery are women and girls, while men and boys make up the other 29%. So, as we think today about how valuable we are and what we're worth, we, we could ask the question, what was Joseph worth? Well, in reality, his value depended on who you spoke to. If you had asked Joseph's father, what Joseph was worth, he would have said, well, he's my favourite child. I give him, as you well know, the coat of many colours because I loved Joseph more than all 
the others. And when I die, you know, when I die, he's going to be the one that's going to be the head of our family. Joseph, he means so much to me. I couldn't put a value on him. He is just so, so precious. And maybe, maybe you know how that feels uh, to be the blue-eyed person in your family. Now, if we then move and ask Joseph's brothers, what was Joseph worth? The brothers would probably turn around and say, well, to them, Joseph was just a pain in the neck. They wanted to get rid of him and they were quite willing to kill him to achieve that. He was a waste of space. And so they, they just wanted rid of him and they felt, well, they'd got a good deal by selling him as a slave for 20 shekels of silver. So to them, Joseph was really only worth uh, 20 pieces of silver. What was Joseph worth to these traders that came along on their sporty camels? Well, we realise he was worth 20 shekels of silver because that's what they give to his brothers. But they also knew in the back of their head he was worth more than that because when they would transport him down to Egypt, they, they believed, they were convinced. That's why they bought him in the first place, that he would be worth more and so they could make a profit. Uh, and then today, the, the final person we ask, what was Joseph worth to Potiphar, the man in verse 36 that became his owner? Uh, and if we were to ask uh, Potiphar, Potiphar would say that Joseph was a great, reliable, honest, hardworking slave that could be trusted to look after the household affairs while Potiphar was away doing his work. If we stopped asking others what Joseph was worth and we asked Joseph, what do you think Joseph would say that he was worth? Before we ask Joseph, we, we should maybe think about what self-worth actually is. Self-worth is something that many people of your age, many young people in this generation, they, they certainly struggle with. Many of you struggle with how valuable you really are. Maybe, maybe you are the favourite in the family. Or maybe you're one of those that get a hard time that no matter what you do, it's never right. Maybe you get on great with your brothers and sisters. Or maybe it's one of those families there always seems to be rows and tensions. Maybe today you don't think you're very valuable because you, you struggle with your studies or you haven't the right appearance or, or you can't get a girlfriend or a boyfriend. There are different struggles in our own mind as to what we're actually worth. And so, we, so often we're easy to undervalue our self-worth. There are different ways in which people of all ages, but particularly young people, can try to measure their self-worth. And I googled, as any sensible person does nowadays, is that right? I googled, what are the top five factors that people use to measure and compare their own self-worth? 
Uh, and uh, when I work through that, I, I find a list of five. And the, one of the first things that people use to determine their self-worth is their appearance. Their appearance, whether it be real or whether it be virtual. Their appearance, how they look or how they appear on social media. Their net worth. Now, maybe at this stage in your life, it's still a bit early to be talking about net worth. But people can measure their value based on what they own, their position, what they have or their career. And you'll meet people and they say, oh, so-and-so's got a great job or so-and-so is worth a mint. And they tend to think about self-worth in terms of career and money. Who, who you know or your friendship circle, that's regarded as another measure. You know, who you know as well as how many you know. And if you're in with important people, that, that seems to count for something. If you're in with the leader of the pack, the leader of the gang, somebody who's got a big um, Instagram following, then to some degree your self-worth seems to have risen. What you do, uh, the type of job you have, uh, even uh, sometimes the school you go to, that can seem to give you greater self-worth. And then what you achieve, what you actually do in life, what you've achieved, your successes uh, add to your self-worth. So those are five things, appearance, net worth, uh, who you know, what you do and what you achieve or have achieved. Indeed, uh, there is uh, a cosmetics company, uh, it's called L'Oreal, uh, and they make many different products that you might be familiar with. But they came up with a slogan in 1971, because I'm worth it. Uh, and they came up with the slogan uh, to convince uh, customers, to, to convince you and me to buy more of their products. And since then, the, their slogan has evolved, it's changed. Uh, to because you're worth it uh, and today's tagline uh, apparently uh, but you can check us out for yourself is because we're worth it uh, and yet none of the measures that we have mentioned earlier none of that list of five nor uh, indeed a, a bottle of cosmetics or shampoo or cream or anything else can give us true self-worth it's only when you and I understand, accept and value ourselves that, that we will reach a point where we no longer depend on what someone else says. We will no longer depend on our accomplishments. We will no longer depend on other external factors to give us our self-worth. If you go back to Joseph and him being hauled out of that gloomy pit up into the bright light, he was handed over for the 20 pieces of silver. How much did Joseph think he was worth? I think he would have said to himself, well, I'm worth a lot more than that. I think Joseph would still have had a great respect for who he was and for what he was. Joseph would have known that self-worth came from the heart. He knew that he was valuable in God's eyes. Because God had given him a dream. In fact, God had given him two dreams by that stage. And God's plan 
still had to happen. There was still a purpose. There was still a reason for Joseph to live. Joseph still felt valuable within himself. He may not have looked it, having been stripped of his tunic, etc. He may not have felt it, having been isolated in, in the deep pit. But in his heart, deep down, he believed that he still had a value. He was valuable. Maybe, maybe there are days, nights or weekends, when you feel uh, like uh, Joseph. You, you may feel that you have self-worth. Or there may be other occasions when you don't feel you have self-worth. And, you know, you come to the conclusion that, you know, I'd be happy just to be like Joseph, to be a slave to someone or something to feel valued. Uh, yes, you're not going to go out in this day and age and sell yourself as a slave. But on the other hand, you, you could reach out to addictive substances, thinking that they will increase your self-worth especially in the eyes of those around you, those that you're friendly with or those in your peer group. Addictive substances, whatever the in thing is uh, at the moment, they are deceptive, they are lies and they are illusions because addictive substances do not have the ability to improve your self-worth. But they are indeed very effective at reducing your self-worth and especially your net worth. So, young people, you recognise your self-worth. You look at your heart, you think about who you are, you recognise your self-worth, and you remind yourself, you remind yourself that God has a plan for each of your lives, and that he affirms and that he gives you self-worth by loving us, with no strings attached or as the Bible says loving us unconditionally because God made you and God made me in his image and all his works all the works of God are wonderful God has given us earthly bodies and each of our earthly bodies are unique they're constructed by God uh, and one of the, the unique things about my body, uh, if you can see, is that my wee finger is not, it's not straight, uh, it, it curls in. Uh, and uh, if somebody has to identify me, that would be one of my unique features, uh, the, the shape of my uh, wee fingers. But I have been created uniquely and constructed by God with those bent-in fingers. Uh, and each of us, have been created by God with things that are unique to us and each of us have a unique fingerprint. But God doesn't focus on our earthly bodies which are temporary and which will eventually die. God focuses on the hidden and the unseen, our heart, our soul, our soul which is eternal. In your life, uh, the fear of failure or the lack of confidence the big word of procrastination, putting things off, well, they in themselves are all byproducts of when we have low self worth. And they are things that can keep each of us 
from accomplishing God's will in our lives. Our true and lasting self-worth, it comes from trusting in Jesus Christ. It comes from making him our focus, making it our primary goal to please God and not others. For Samuel in chapter 16 and verse 7 says, Man looks at the outward appearance. Yo! But God? But God looks at the heart. How can, how can we help you to arrive at a God-honouring and a balanced sense of self-worth if you already haven't achieved that? Well, young people flourish when they accurately understand who they are in Christ. And so we encourage you to realise that Christ offers to be your saviour, that he offers to give you self-worth, that your self-worth doesn't come from your appearance, whether physical or virtual. It doesn't come through your peers. It doesn't come through addictive substances. The Christian finds her self-worth in Christ. Uh, and the realities around that, the realities are that you are made in God's image, that Jesus personally cares for you, and that you are worthy of unconditional love. That you can find a haven of acceptance amongst other believers. And to remember that God has a plan for your life, just as he had for Joseph's. And maybe, maybe this will come across a bit strange to you, but maybe in a strange sense, that you'll realise that self-worth as found in Christ means that you die to your desires, you die to your ambitions and you allow your focus to be on following God's plan and your Saviour Jesus Christ. If you want to think of self-worth in terms of Joseph in the Bible, we can say that our worth is determined by whatever price someone is willing to pay. Whenever we feel worthless, whenever we feel without value or rejected, we just need to stop and remind ourselves that God paid the highest price possible for each of us by sending Jesus to die for us. The Bible is a book that will introduce you to people that have the same struggles as you do. And the great news is that the Bible will also tell you about how you can overcome those struggles. And so I look forward to catching up with you, you valuable people, next week, same place and same time, as we continue to learn from the crazy life of Joseph. And don't forget that if you want a listening ear, don't be afraid to get in touch, whether you want to text, whether you want to ring, I'm here and it's a listening ear in confidence. Thanks for your time and take care. Let's come and pray for each other. Heavenly Father, as we bow, we want to thank you for the families that we have. We want to thank you for the bodies that you have given us. And we want to thank you for the places that you have given us to live. Thank you for revealing to us that we are imprisoning ourselves by not seeing 
the value and the worth that you have created in us. We pray that you would forgive us for living in such a way that has caused us to place more importance on the opinion of others than on your view of who we are. Forgive us for doubting the gifts and the abilities that you have given us and how that doubting has resulted in holding us back from being the people that you desire us to be. Lord God, we pray that you would release those who are under the bondage of doubt, the bondage of addiction and the bondage of sin by the power of your Holy Spirit. Help us to have compassion towards ourselves and others and to see who we can be, to see that in our weaknesses you have given us blessings, to see that in our weaknesses you have indeed given us something unique. Lord, help each of us to see ourselves through your eyes and to see the beauty of the whole person that you have created, created in your image, because we know that you don't make mistakes. Help us, Lord God, to live up to what you desire us to be and not what other people expect us to be. Help us all to remember that we are valuable, that we are priceless and precious to you as we come in Jesus' name. Amen. Our closing prayer is a song of worship. It's by City of Light. Christ is mine forevermore.
Let's close with prayer. Heavenly Father, we had asked now that you'd part us with your blessing. You would part us with the power and the guidance of God the Father, the Son and the Holy Spirit, knowing that in the eyes of God we are always precious to you. Amen.